0: So hi, everybody, and welcome to this edition of Human Wisdom Live. And today we're going to be talking about resilience, which is how do we cope with pressure of life and how do we bounce back from the many challenges that we face? My guest today is an old friend, Dr. Tim Merrick from North Carolina. Um, Tim is an executive coach and a human wisdom coach and a man who wears many hats and all of them with wisdom. So welcome, Tim.
1: Thank you, Minot. I'm not sure I live into your gracious uh, introduction, but I I very much appreciate it.
0: Thank you. Well, shall we start with a simple question? Tim and I are going to speak for about 30 minutes, and then we're going to open it up for a discussion and for your questions and comments. In the meantime, please feel free to use the chat. And our first question for you is, what is challenging your resilience uh, right now? And of course, we will take all your questions and comments after about 30 minutes when we've spoken, finished covering all these topics. So what is resilience, Tim? Let's start with a simple one.
1: I think it starts that we have a concept of, and it may not be a, it may not be a real wise concept, but we have a concept that there is a stasis in life. There is a, uh, a home base. There is a quote unquote normal, right? There is a way of that is um, appropriate and predictable. And I think the concept of resilience comes from being able to come back to that. Yes. We get thrown off, we come back. It's like homeostasis in the body.
0: Yes.
1: You know, our blood pressure goes up and it comes back down our pulse goes up, it comes back down.
0: We don't want to suffer. We don't want to feel any emotional distress.
1: I guess that's it. Right. I I would agree with that. I think that there is a, that the concept of a norm helps us to feel safe. And we know what to expect. We know how to respond. We know what responses have worked in the, past. And so this is, I guess, really what we would call our comfort zone. Yes. We we create a comfort zone and we want to maintain that. And when we get bounced out, as the environment is sure to do to us, uh, we expect and look to getting back in.
0: Okay. So what are the common challenges that test our resilience? Some common ones, you think, in our day-to-day lives. I mean, I can think of perhaps an exam coming up you know
1: Mm -hmm.
0: that's the pressure
1: well let's let's look at you know the the pandemic has given us a great uh example of of shifting norms of shifting routines um suddenly uh say you're working from home and you've got to take care of children because they are not in school because of other conditions and you've got to juggle all this parenthood working working from home not having a desk sitting on the couch your back hurts your children are crying uh i think that's a pretty good way to get thrown yeah, out of, or
0: uh, even worse you know you lost a job or you have a business that is going to fall you've spent years building it up and then suddenly for no fault of your own just global circumstances the business has gone the restaurant closes you know you've, all of that absolutely. of course you could have lost a job or and there's also social media. We can talk about that. There's endless <laughs> challenges in I, that. I,
1: I've had so many entrepreneurs as clients who had said over the pandemic, "Well, I, 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 I find my business through you know person to person networking. Mm. Uh, this is how my business runs. And what am I get to do now? I, I can't meet people in the pandemic. Yeah. Uh, and they, they, they literally, it was change or die." And that was a very uncomfortable situation. And I'm sure that all of us have some variation of that cycle uh, happening in our lives.
0: And this question, resilience, matters because it impacts us in such a huge way. For example, I was reading that a third of U.S. college students drop out of college before their four years are up because they can't cope in one way or the other with the many challenges that they're facing. Or a quarter of 17 to 19-year-olds, this is a UK study, are affected by some mental health condition. And that's usually a reaction to what's happening. So um, any other ways, why do you think it matters? Is there anything else we could add to that?
1: Well, I want to immediately go into what has us doing that but I think what you're asking is really what's the example how do we make this concept of resilience real to the folks here with us today or those that are listening to it uh, in the recording and I, I think I want to broaden it so that it can be like you say, it can be much bigger than just having a, a, a difficulty being at home working. It could be losing a job. It could be losing a spouse. It could be having cancer yourself. Right? It could be very big, but it also can be very small. Hmm. Lots of little things. Your your partner says, "I'm not, I'm not happy with the routine that we have. I want to change things." And and you're like, "But this change this this is what makes me happy right here. Please don't change this." but I want more sex. I want less sex. I want to go to the, out to a date night, but, but, but right. So, I mean, the, all sorts of constant little challenges come upon us. And we, so I, I think really what we're talking about resilience, we're talking about adaptation. Yes. We're talking about the ability to, to make room for change, yes. the ability to allow our world to change without changing us.
0: That's beautifully put, allow our world to change without changing us. And it also matters because if we can cope with challenges with our resilience, then it doesn't impact our mental health, our physical health. We can still make good decisions because, you know, when you're stressed, you make bad decisions. Some people self-harm or, you know, worse. And of course, if you're at work and suddenly you're criticized or you don't get the promotion and your mind is reeling, you've still got to go in and perform. If you're a doctor, surgeon, whatever it is you're doing, you've still got to keep mm-hmm. going. So this skill of being able to cope with life's ups and downs
1: is so important for us all to develop and learn, right? it is critical and as soon as i heard you talk about that i realized that what so many of us do okay i've had bad news but i must perform Hmm. right and so what we do is we suppress all the things that are difficult uh so that we can try to keep our our daily focus and of course there's there's hell to pay with that one too (laughs) so it's it's about making room for all the ups and downs that happen around us constantly, without having to push them away, without having to, what do we need, Manoj, to be able to maintain a sense of inner equilibrium amidst change, constant change, sometimes radical change? Yes. Okay. So let's focus on that, Tim.
0: Um, Let's focus on how can we prepare ourselves for the many changes and challenges that life is going to throw at us. How can we build our resilience? That's the main focus of this talk, and let's go straight into that. Now,
1: where I want to take this, at least momentarily, is the idea that if we identify ourselves with our external surroundings, yes. I'm a man, uh, I'm a white man, I'm a doctor, uh, I'm a coach, I'm a husband, um, then if suddenly um, I lose my wife, I'm no longer a husband. If I lose my job, I'm no longer a doctor, say. Or when I identify myself with my external trappings if you will then i'm very vulnerable yes to this to this disequilibrium
0: yes so whatever meets our emotional needs this is an unconscious process when you say you identify with it's not like a conscious thing you are doing your mind is unconsciously doing it for you so we identify with all the things that bring us pleasure that meet our emotional needs it could be a person a pet a position money you know whatever it could be um and when that thing is missing or lost or challenged even then we can feel this internal distress and the longer the list of our attachments and they're not wrong by the way but the longer the list of our attachments, the more vulnerable we're going to be,
1: Well, this brings me back to my earlier point about suppression, Hmm. that it is not wrong to be hurt. I mean, my goodness, uh, you lose a job, you lose a spouse, something like this happens, of course, there's gonna be deep pain and this grief. There's there's a a process we need to go through. If we suppress that so that we can get on, uh, that doesn't work. And yet, can I be, can I be okay? Can I, you you said that identity is is subconscious and it it is, or unconscious even, but it can be consciously monitored. We can choose to work on that sense of identity it's what's curious to me is that it's sometimes counterintuitive how we work on being okay amidst all this right Mm -hmm. when if i were to lose my job i would go right into resume building i would go right into what do i have to do who do i have to get a hold of how do i have to network and the counterintuitive thing is i need to stop I need to slow down, and need to calm the, s- the sympathetic nervous system. Help myself to be present, because there are so many more opportunities and possibilities present when I'm in that state. Yes. Okay.
0: So let's go back to basics. Then there are certain skills that we can nurture in ourselves that can prepare us to meet life's challenges and build our own resilience. And I think the first is breathing, just to practice a regular breathing exercise, um, a slow inhalation, and then a a slow exhalation. And there are plenty of exercises on on the Human Wisdom app, and I'll show you them in a second. But when you're in the middle of a crisis, that's when you can't begin to do this. So before the crisis arrives, it's like a fire drill or a learning to swim. We have prepared ourselves to meet these challenges. And one of them is breathing, right? Simple as that.
1: Yeah, if you're in the middle of crisis and someone tells you to you, just just breathe. You want to slap them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, don't give me that. I don't want to hear that. Right. I
0: want. This, I want an answer. I want a job.
2: <laughs>
1: yes. You know. Yeah. And and it's funny because it's the external change, and we then we 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 go more external to try to to create the change we want, right? Rather than going inward, and that's that's the counterintuitive that we need to prepare for ahead of time. Yes.
0: And of course, the deep the breathing exercises also help you connect with your own inner silence. And I wanted to bring that in here because it's so connected to breathing. And if you're connected to that inner silence, then really, no matter what life throws at you, you've got your
1: own sanctuary from the storms of life. Yeah, it doesn't mean that the storms won't happen. We no. can't assume that, uh, you know, we, we, we go into our own world what we're sort of calling wisdom here. when We move into our our silent, all-knowing state of sorts. It's not gonna stop the storms from happening, but it gives us the resilience to see through it, to know how to take the first appropriate step and to not lose ourselves in the midst of it.
0: Okay. So breathing on its own, of course, doesn't connect you to that silence. Do you want to speak briefly about what are the other things we could do to connect to that sense of silence within us? Not the silence of a quiet room, but the silence inside.
1: Yeah. My training on this is twofold. One is I I started meditating when I was 15 years old. So that's a long time ago. Um, And that develops in the central nervous system an ability to sort of be present, but be outside of yourself at the same time. That 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 to be not just observing, but be, to be the uh, observing the observer, which is so to step out really you like and look at yourself. Yeah, to really be able to contextualize yourself, which is not something that we do a lot. But I also have the training of of neurophysiology, where we um, you know, biofeedback and other means of shifting brain state, and it's given me a great appreciation for regulation of state. You know, um, to to and that really is a physiologic resilience to be able to to bounce back. And so there are ways that you know we can do some very simple biofeedback to slow our breathing and just slow our heart rate but what we're really doing is shutting down the sympathetic fight or flight response.
0: Yes. So on the human wisdom app, there's a whole section on exploring who am I and how to meditations and so on to connect with your own silence, probably outside. We couldn't go into this in too much depth, but meditation, journaling, breathing, asking who am I? All of those questions help you connect with that silence. Now, A lot of challenges are about acceptance, right? Because when something happens, stress is just the difference between how things are and how our mind wants them to be. If it's very different, that's what creates the emotional distress. So one simple way of dealing with challenge is to just accept that, yes, I've got cancer. Yes, my dog has died. Yes, my car has been in is a write-off, or whatever it might be, if we can practice acceptance in small things every day, like when your wife says, I want to change our routine, (laughs) you know, and you know, there's initial resistance, but you say, okay, yeah, this is fine, I'm gonna accept. And that practice of acceptance prepares you for the big challenge.
1: In coaching, I see oftentimes there's a couple of steps. One is learning to be with whatever it is, right? So that's the acceptance that you're talking about. And then beyond that, there's a level of more mastery that says, I can learn how to create what I want. But I think that that can only happen when we first can allow ourselves to be with what is.
0: Yes. It's a simple dictum that acceptance
1: dissolves stress
0: acceptance dissolves anxiety. Now, in the midst of a big challenge, it's very very difficult. But if you practice in small ways, my wife wants a different flavor of pizza to be ordered. We want to see a different movie to the one I want. Or whatever it is, the small stuff.
1: Then your mind is ready for the big ones. Uh, I want to interrupt just for a second on this, Manoj. And I absolutely agree with you but I can hear different voices uh, from the outside saying, but, 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 mm. uh, for instance, there may be many people listening to this who happen to on a continuum of, I want my way or being fully you know, compliant, may be over on the overly compliant side. They might need to learn how to stand for themselves and choose, right? Mm. So I agree, acceptance is key, but acceptance doesn't mean surrender and that's something no. i want to to really uh, underline here right there's there's still will there is still collaboration there is still choosing our lives so acceptance doesn't mean rolling over and playing dead and uh, letting the world run over us no but it's allowing what is without that instant resistance and pushback and avoidance that we get into
0: yes so when you're stressed you are shutting down, I don't know, they say 50 to 60% of your brain's capacity. So if you can meet that challenge calmly by breathing, by accepting, by perhaps zooming out of it and seeing it in perspective, by being grateful, all of those things, then you have much more capacity to deal with that challenge. You might have cancer or your partner might have cancer. Suddenly someone tells you, you know, your whole life is shaken. And again, you can then respond to that
1: challenge. It, it, it's not just that when we go into stress a fight or flight, that we shut down connections to the frontal cortex, which is our executive mind, which is our really the way that we cope with the world. Yeah. It's not just that we shut that down, but we also shut down the healing. When you said, oh, I have cancer, how do i deal and how do i think it's also how do i heal how do i how do i help my body function at its best because yeah. we also uh, impact the immune system so yeah it, it again that's the counterintuitive thing that says ah in order to move forward i need to stop <laughs> and that doesn't feel um that that doesn't feel appropriate when we're in stress yes
0: i need to to to, yeah, to de-stress, really, to get take care of what's happening in my own thinking. So then I develop the capacity to then you know, deal with whatever challenge. Okay. One more thing I think we can do is develop a positive attitude. Now, again, it's not intuitive because our mind always focuses on the negative. So if something bad happens, it could be the smallest thing every day. You nurture this positive attitude find a more positive way of seeing a person who you initially don't like or seeing a situation that initially seems disturbing like your wife saying I need to change my your routine and you could say well a positive way might be I might learn something new from that routine (laughs) or whatever it is I don't know you
1: know you know I don't want to make us wrong for quote unquote, having negative thoughts, right? You said before, it's automatic. Our brain is wired to, 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 to scan our surroundings, mm. to look for problems so that we can avoid them and stay alive. Mm. So, and we are constantly judging, comparing, and, and reacting to our environment mm. in a way that, uh, I think it's natural that we start having these negative assessments. Right? It's, it's one of the ways that we've learned is to survive. And um, I think part of self-actualization, part of self-mastery is recognizing we have automatic patterns yes. that we can choose to change, right? So they may be automatic, but they or they may be subconscious, but we can bring them into consciousness, right?
0: Yes. I think that's a really valid thing, that we all have automatic patterns with which we react to the world. Because the mind, as we discussed, is a reactive organ. And each person reacts to the world based on their particular conditioning, which we're not even aware of. So if I've had a really difficult troubled past, I'm gonna react much more forcefully to the smallest challenge because my brain's already disturbed. Whereas if my mind is already calm, then, i can respond much more calmly to situations so there are many things we can do to deal with our past emotional pain to calm our whole nervous system down by breathing meditating and so on and then developing this positive attitude and questioning the past, first recognizing and then mm-hmm. choosing to change our automatic patterns and one of them is we always look at things negatively what we can do yeah. and it's making and a it's- decision to be positive right
1: yeah it's it's self um perpetuating hmm. to fight first of all you said it's it's negative it's normal for us to see the negative because we need to know that what that is so we can avoid it so we can survive yes But it becomes self-perpetuating as we see, as we, the more we focus on the negative, the more we see the negative. And this has been shown in studies again and again, that when we go into a situation with a negative viewpoint, we are much more likely to, to recognize uh, more negativity. Yes. And, And unfortunately, and I don't mean to get on a bandwagon, but our our media uh, doesn't exactly help us with this you know with it streams at us constantly all the negative things happening in the world um so again it's a conscious choice to not only to see the positive but to allow to reframe consciously reframe the way we see the world it's really a mindset right and when we do that we are less likely to see more negativity and more likely to see or positivity. So it's a choice, folks. (laughs) What do we choose to find? Because we can find it all. It's all in there.
0: I say, take an example. I've lost my job. And there's, you could say, what's positive about that? Well, it's an opportunity for change. It's an opportunity to change direction. Take stock of where you are, and so on. So there's always a positive. Say someone, you know, who loved you says, I don't love you anymore, and is leaving. Well, there's an opportunity to change your life and so on. So there's so many ways in which we can look at the darkest things uh, in a more positive uh, light. One of our mutual friends, um, Tina Marie, you know, has got health problems and so on. But she's saying she told me that she really appreciates Where she is, because she values the life she has right now, even though she's going through such a tough time with her health. Okay, but one more thing is, we can build our communities because in times of challenge, our friendships and family come um, are really important, aren't they, to lean on and,
1: and so on. What I really hear you saying is that we can build a scaffold yes for our lives yes that includes um as i choose to change my mindset as i choose to seek see and to seek different experiences i consciously choose these i can surround myself with people who will remind me support me maybe see them with me right and all of that is, is is positive building and you know, I don't really understand quite how it works, but we know that when we are in community, uh, studies show that we are happier, that we have a slower uh, heart rate, that we are healthier, Mm -hmm. we live longer, right? So absolutely, um, and I don't mean to blame, (laughs) talk about negativity, the social media, but it does seem that that the idea of community has, has changed. And and the way that we seek it may have changed.
0: And some people might like the idea of friends and community, but not realize that that requires investment, hard work, accepting people as they are, even though they may be really annoying. And A lot of family members are. Or everybody we know (laughs) has something that we could find really annoying, or we do find annoying. Nobody's perfect. Or investing that time and energy to build those connections. They don't just happen from nowhere, right?
1: Uh, Again, there's the counterintuitive, it's not automatic. We take what is automatic and we shift it to the conscious choosing. Yes. Yeah. So yeah.
0: how can I invest more in my relationships? How can I so it's that investment that is really crucial because that's what builds community and that's your scaffold, as you say, for when life gets tough. And in poorer parts of the world, that is, happens automatically because there's no other safety net, you see. But in the rich parts of the world, the West and so on, it's becoming, it's, that's, that community has you know, frayed to a large extent. So when the challenges come, can you imagine? I remember a story during the, lo- the last uh, slowdown or the recession, where a couple were homeless on the street and they said till three months ago, when we got on a plane, we always turned left. We were on, we were flying business class. And when we lost our business, there was nobody for them to lean on. None of the couple's families that built those relationships to any depth where people were willing to say, Hey, come and stay with us. We'll look after you, you know? They were on the street. They were being interviewed.
1: One of the places I see it is the, you know, the polarization that we see happening, especially around politics, and our unwillingness sometimes to, to step across the line and to commune with people who have different ideas, who have to see the world differently. Um, and one another way I see it is an unwillingness to have difficult conversations with our family. Uh, It's just easier to ignore them. You don't want to to bother. And again, this resilience concept that I see a lot. I mean, a lot of times I'm with clients urging them to go out and make a mess in the world, shake it up, and trust that it doesn't fall apart. When you have a difficult conversation with your spouse because you're not happy with how things are going, you have to trust that the relationship is such that it can hold differences yes. they can hold disappointment it can hold on to um different desires and still hold yes and, and so cool. yes i like that and yes the resilience of being in the uns we, we mentioned earlier you and i were talking about resiliency and dealing with the uncertainty yes the, the need for certainty to stay in our comfort zone, to stay with our tribe and not to branch out is almost to me to be distrusting, that the world will hold us, that there can be, that uncertainty does, is not in itself dangerous. And for leaders to, to, to really push their teams in ways that it doesn't feel safe because we're not being nicey-nice all the time, or we're not just allowing everyone to have their own um difficulties without calling them out we can have disagreement without disharmony yes we can allow change to happen in relationships even right we can allow it to be messy and Um, the resilience again is that being with that uncertainty
0: so let's talk about uncertainty because I think one of the keys to resilience is to accept uncertainty as a part of life. In the depth of your soul, you know, to, to, to be okay with not knowing what happens after death, we never know. <laughs> or what's gonna happen next week? What will happen if I lose my, and all of those things, if I lose my job and so on. And once we embrace uncertainty, and have that inner confidence that whatever happens, I will be okay. I have the inner capacity, confidence, resilience, strength to deal with whatever comes my way. So much of our angst and anxiety and stress just drops away because it's the uncertainty that creates so much stress in a lot of people right
1: 100 percent, and i and i want to build on that and take it one step further mm-hmm. i would actually assert that in the uncertainty mm-hmm. is where the great possibilities of our lives lie mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: when we stay in a very comfortable little world where we know all the rules and everything's going to be a certain way there's not a great deal of room to branch out and to, to, to produce new uh, opportunities so it's being comfortable with that, or not even comfortable, just willing to be, right? We don't have to make it comfortable. Life is not comfortable, right? Mm-hmm. The assumption that it's going to be maybe is, is, a, is a foundational flaw. Yeah. But if we can be with the uncertainty, there are enormous opportunities present for us.
0: I might share a story. It's a personal one, if you don't mind. So a few months ago, I got some pain on the left side of my low back. And being a surgeon and for 30 years, I knew, and it was a typical type of pain. It was an aching pain, wasn't sharp. I said, this could be pancreatic cancer. And it occurred after eating a meal and so on. And initially, and of course, you try to pretend it doesn't exist. (laughs) That went on for a week or two. Suppression, yes. Suppression, exactly. (laughs) Pain didn't go away. So I finally mustered up the courage to go to the doctor and he started the cycle of tests. And that cycle went on for three weeks. And in those three weeks, there was, you're confronted with the uncertainty of life, the possibility of your own death. And if it is pancreatic cancer, you're gone in like 10 months, max a year. I've been there with so many patients. But in that time, I really applied all the things that we're talking about. Breathing and breathing, connecting with silence, acceptance. And something really beautiful happened. That every moment I was alive felt like a gift. (laughs) Mm. Because, ah, I might have only a year to go. Okay. I better savor this moment that I've got right now. You see? So, it's possible to meet life's challenges with this deeper wisdom, whatever whatever challenge comes your way and come through um, the other side. Okay. I think the common things we perhaps need to just, I mean, they're common sense, but eat in moderation, sleep well, exercise, you know, all those things help, right? So um, if you don't sleep well, of course, don't exercise, all that reduces your
1: capacity to deal with challenges too. Well, I think that what you're saying is brilliant. I also don't think it's brand new. And I would suggest that most everybody listening, whether it's on the tape or or here present with us today, know these things. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to guess, no offense to anyone here, uh, I'll just be talking about myself, that doesn't mean I do them, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? No. I mean, one of the reasons people hire me as a coach is because we kind of know what we maybe should be doing sometimes. And we don't, you know, one of the the reasons for having a coach is accountability, Hmm. right? I mean, certainly the other part is helping to see the patterns like we've talked about before. Hmm. But having something like your app, now it's not gonna tell you, you must do this, you must do that, but working with the app is a way of constantly sort of reminding us it's a gentle way of, of, of sort of accountability and just, Oh yeah, I'm right. Yeah. I can do that. Oh yeah. That feels so much better when I do that. Yeah, let me do that. You know? Yes. So,
0: okay. So on the um, video itself, Tim, I'm going to put your contact details. So people who are interested in reaching out to you um, can do so. And I'm going to take a few minutes and just show people around the uh, new human wisdom app we have and all the latest features, uh, just so that um, if anyone's interested, they can go ahead. So it's, um, uh, here's the app, it's on uh, the Google store, it's also on the Apple store, and it's on the internet at humanwisdom.me. And in terms of the subjects we've talked about today, particularly, uh, by the way, the app goes up and down and right to left. Here's a section called personalized for you where you can go straight into all our content is in one place. So, if, for example, if you're looking at stress and anxiety, which is what we're talking about today, there's short 10-minute videos which explain what you can do right now if you're stressed or anxious, more detailed modules to explore, including one on breathing, life stories, guided questions, short videos, podcasts. And global events, and this event will also be featured there, or guided meditations. So all of this content is in uh, one place. And we have a new feature now called Wisdom Exercises, just here. So when we talk to people about wisdom and learning about yourself, everyone draws a blank because they think, well, what do I do next? What's the first thing I can do? How do I begin my journey from here to there? So in response to that, we built this whole thing around wisdom exercises, basically to develop your own awareness, understand your own thinking, apply that to your life and live with wisdom. So there are 12 exercises at the moment and we'll keep adding to them. But for example, they include seeing the world freshly, understanding your body, your thinking, your feelings, exploring judgment. And um, and so on. So I'll leave everyone to explore
1: that. At, uh, I really love those wisdom exercises, Manoj. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's something that you can get in there and day by day, just follow it. I, I spend a few days uh, on one topic and then it takes you through, it just leads you through gently um, some really great ways of understanding yourself in your world and making peace with it.
0: And then there's a section on developing a calm mind. So there are nature meditations. Uh, And I think being in nature is again, a great healer for when you're going through a challenge and there are breathing exercises and meditations and so on. Um, There's a big module on stress, which explores, for example, ability to meet stress with wisdom offers 14 ways that you can respond right now to deal with stress. So I'll pause there, um, and let's open it up for a general discussion. Won't do? People think, um, or do you have anything else to offer, um, Dominic? Do you have any comments to make about resilience? You've certainly seen your share of challenges,
2: <laughs> as we all have. I think, manager. The, the one comment that I, that I would like to say um, after listening to you both was. Um, If we can realize that we're actually born resilient, so we have an innate resilience within us, and we're all sitting here, and actually, truth be told, we've all been 100% successful at dealing with the challenges that we've met so far because we're sitting here. (laughs) If we knew that, if we knew that, that it's there in us already, then actually what you've talked about is, well, I've already got that within me. This is around how resilient I can be. How do I cope? I've coped with it, and I may not have coped very well so far, but is there a better way to cope with the challenges that come ahead? And that's what you've been talking about. So I think for me, really, the, the power is in the, the knowledge that it's already in. It's already here. And I've been 100% successful so far. But let me try to be even more successful. You know, if I'm, if I'm going to run a marathon, if I'm born with the ability to run, and I want to run a marathon, I'm going to prepare for that, to make that challenge in the best way possible.
1: Yes, so that's the comment I would. Thank you. I love that, Dominic, and, and what I love about it is that, yes, we would not be here if we did not have that resilience, But going back to what we had also talked about is that there's unconscious resilience, and now there's conscious resilience, right? And that's the that's thing because our unconscious resilience has gotten us this far, and as you said, maybe not uh, not as well as we could have, right? Uh, We learn when we're quite young uh, what the adaptive strategies are in life. You know, uh, if you have a father who's uh, very domineering, you might find you might come up with a with a strategy of being compliant right? Because that's how you need to get by, right? Uh, and that works in life up to an extent <laughs> until you learn that uh, cl- compliance alone is not going to get you over the finish line, right? So we have those, absolutely, we have amazing strategies. We we already are here. And I thank you for highlighting that. We are amazing human beings. I think we haven't done a great job of of highlighting the fact that we're talking sort of about two different things today. One is like, how do we deal with it in the moment but how do we also prepare you know what's the short game and what's the long game and your idea that we are our own sanctuary is so prescient and so important and kind of maybe part of the long game that we get to by diving into our wisdom over time yes um i wish i could pour that on people's heads i haven't found a way yet so dan if you have a way please let me know Uh, and there's also then you know what do we do in the heat of the moment which is you know what's the short game how do we how do we get it? and i and i love what you said jenny about the tapping it's self soothing how do we turn off that sympathetic nervous system response the fight or flight and i think the breathing um you know and the gratitude and whatnot although they may seem counterintuitive if we can remember if we can practice doing some of those things we will self-soothe in the in the, in the short run
0: there's one right other point um uh that I wanted to bring up which is how our mind seeks external validation all the time particularly now in the age of social media and while it's bringing you pleasure and your likes are going up and people are saying good things that's fine but to also be aware of the dark side of that right because as soon as Dan says the attachment yes that's what creates the attachment as Dan said But as soon as that validation is not forthcoming or is challenged or you're criticized, a lot of people just crumble and they don't have that resilience. So to realize that the mind that seeks external validation is just setting itself up. You're setting yourself up for a turkey shoot, you know, for for feeling this terrible emotional pain when that suddenly it's not there. So if you can wean yourself off of that and be a light and a sanctuary and a peace into yourself and not rely on external validation, then that's one more reason why you can be more resilient,
1: I guess. I, I would love to, and yet I'm I'm kind of stretching to see what it is that I have to offer these <laughs> quite intelligent and quite uh, actualized beings that I'm speaking with. So um, I guess my invitation is to, and, and this to, to so many people, to, to pause in our lives. And which is something that the breathing and the gratitude can also help us do, but just pause, maybe before we say something. and. I have it that there is a silence inside of us all the time, Mm. whether we feel it or the experience it or not, it's okay. Mm. A quick breath and it is there. Mm. And if we trust that it is there and remember that we can choose, we can always choose how we respond, how we perceive, what we, what we feel, Mm. we can start to choose. So it's just an invitation. Hmm. to pause and to choose
0: my one tip to take away or to offer everyone anyone who's listening is remember that stress is a reaction from our thinking to an external event it's not caused by the external event it's our reaction that's causing how we feel so if we can take that first really difficult step of accepting ownership of our own feeling and state of mind as coming from inside us. And then turn our gaze inwards and ask, what's going on in my thinking to make me feel this way? That opens the door to learning about ourselves and all the deeper layers of our thinking, the many hidden drivers that are operating, shaping our lives. And it's in that journey to wisdom that we can connect with the silence that you speak of, that inner sanctuary that Dan spoke of. And then no matter what life throws at you, you can meet it in a completely different different way. Um, but that's a journey. It's not an instant fix. And as you say, it's preparing for the long game. It's a lifelong journey of learning, growing in wisdom which is what the Human Wisdom Project is all about. So thank you, Tim, and all our contributors today. And uh, look forward to seeing you again soon. Thank you. This podcast comes to you from the Human Wisdom Project. To find out more, please download the Human Wisdom app or visit humanwisdom.me. Thank you so much for listening. Goodbye.